Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife, but it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on nightmare time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare on Film Street, horror for the casually obsessed. I'm Kim. I'm John. And this week, we are taking a spooky little detour down Nightmare Alley with the director of Studio 666, BJ McDonald. Studio 666 is the new horror comedy starring the Foo Fighters, who play themselves in the movie. They have rented a haunted mansion to record their new album, and surprise, surprise, there's an evil entity in the house that's maybe possibly going to kill them in order to make uh, a new evil song. It hits theaters at the end of this month, February 25th, We were fortunate enough to sit down with B.J. McDonald to talk about the making of what is sure to be some of your new favorite kills of the year. Yeah, we aren't allowed to say much yet, but this movie is such a blast. Super funny, a little bit gross, and uh, just... Pure rock and roll, I think is what you're trying to say, right? We did record a Drive Home from the Drive-In review of the movie immediately after watching it. We held ourselves to that as we normally would with any movie that we see, but we can't put that episode out yet. Uh, Also, it would just be super rude because you don't have a chance to see it yet, so why would we spoil all of the best parts for you? But keep an eye out for that. We will be releasing it after the movie hits theaters, and we can't wait to talk to you about it. If you're listening to this when we drop it, it's before the movie's out, so we know you guys haven't seen the movie yet. This interview is spoiler-free. We get to talk about some of the inspiration and the development behind the movie without actually spoiling what's in it. So rest assured that you are safe to listen to it. We do not spoil any of the glorious, gory, special effects-filled moments of the film. But let's get into it. Let's toss you over to the trailer for Studio 666, and then we're going to sit down and talk all things horror and heavy metal with director B.J. McDonald. After these messages. 
This week's episode of Nightmare on Film Street is brought to you by Spooky Guitar Picks. Get 10% off now when you sell your soul for a new package of picks. Food Fighters, you gotta get me a record. It's our 10th album. We gotta break the mold on this one. Let's go. Let's go somewhere we've never been. This place is amazing. Do you guys get this overwhelming sense of death? Whoa, doesn't really seem like the right fit. Whoa, that's rad. That was weird. The sound of this house is the sound of album 10. All right, all right, you guys, amps, living room. Let me apologize in advance for all the rock we're about to make. Got a couple of ideas I've been working on. I'll lay them on you. called Everlong, and you wrote it about 20 years ago. How are you feeling? Everything okay? Ever since we moved into this house, my mind is flooded. We all have writer's block. This is not just a creepy rock and roll house. It allows spiritual entities to cross into our world. One flew over the cuckoo's nest crazy. It's this place, man. Let's finish the track. Can we just wait, dude? Play the drums. You found a new musical note? Hell yes, I did. It's an L. Any chefs in the grill? I'm pretty handy on a grill. Yeah, you like your meat charred and dry. Ah! Let's make a killer barbecue. What do we do? We go save his ass. Is the album almost done? Yeah, it's killer. Here you go, man. Finish the song. You did. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, you're just just based on the movie alone. You are clearly a big horror fan. What are what are some of your favorite horror movies? Man, I mean, it's it's funny because I grew up like the '80s kid. You know, John Carpenter was a huge influence on me growing up. You know, Wes Craven and Raimi was a huge you know influence for me. You know, I I grew up loving movies like The Thing and like Escape from New York, which isn't a horror, really a horror film. It's just kind of like a post-apocalyptic thing. But I, you know, that those are the movies I grew up loving. (laughs) Yeah, and like it's weird because when I was a young kid, my parents didn't really watch what I watched. They didn't really like a lot of my friends' parents be like, "You can't watch these movies," but my parents were like, "Okay, we're gonna go see some friends. Here's HBO. See ya." And so I got to really just kind of open up a world of horror films at a really young age, which I think a lot of parents would scoff at, but I think it made me a better person and not so jaded. And I hope it made me a better person. I had the exact opposite experience where my parents wouldn't let me watch stuff, but I had like one friend, like one cool friend with a really cool dad who was like, Hey kids, check out this sweet VHS collection. I've been working on my entire life. Well, it's funny you say that because I went to a Christian school, which is also a thing that shapes my whole thing. That, that's a whole other story. Um, but uh, I, in fifth grade, I'll never forget, I took a friend of mine to go see that movie, The Gate. Oh, um, yeah. Cool. I thought it was so rad. 
And it was all like, you know, because it did involve heavy metal and playing the record backwards in the gates of hell and all that. I thought it was the coolest movie. So I saw it with like my sister. And then I was like, you got to see this film. And I knew his mom would be super pissed. But, <laughs> you know, I, I had to show him. So I took him to the theater and then his mom found out. And boy, that was a that was a bummer for me for a little few days. You know, my mom, dad getting called and they were just like, well, we have to punish you, even though we don't <laughs> Uh, on okay. our on our podcast, when we're not doing interviews, we do double features, and we did the gate with Trick or Treat, and purely connecting oh. them for the backwards record. <laughs> oh yeah, with Sammy Kerr. And, yeah, and, uh, <laughs> that Trick or Treat is so cool. It's funny, I have the Sammy Kerr action figure sitting right no here. No way, dope. Love it. Yeah, it's so stupid, but it's so awesome. <laughs> it's it's so funny too that like his your your friend's parents got mad about it because like it's actually like a really great brother sister story like it's just yeah. it's just kids looking out for each other yeah 100 percent. you know it's just funny because like you know and, and it's it's crazy like going back to like the like the school thing like me being able to watch these movies on like hbo or whatever they came on i mean i remember seeing like in humanoids from the deep and oh wow and uh you know like just crazy films just weird stuff and uh you know <laughs> I feel like I came out a bit better and I look at some of these people I grew up with that like, and no names obviously, but <laughs> it's like, I, I look at some of these people and you and you see them like on this different spiral of like a weird, they just go a different way. I think that, I think that horror films shaped me to a better person is right. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I think there's definitely <laughs> something like cathartic about horror. You get to like purge those demons in like a controlled environment. <laughs> Right. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, it's, it's cool. And it's entertainment. I mean, as long as you're having a good time, it's a, it's a roller coaster ride. And, and for me, that was exciting. Like watching these movies when they would come out and I would just, I looked forward to that, you know, that was going to be my weekend, you know, and then all of a sudden Headbangers Ball became a thing. So I had horror films and Headbangers Ball and all these like things just enveloped my weekends and BMX bikes. That was about it. That was my upbringing. <laughs> I was going to ask, yeah, were you like big into heavy metal growing up? But it sounds, it sounds just like it. What, what was like, what was the first heavy metal record you remember buying? It wasn't even a heavy metal record. It was Van Halen's before, you know, which some people think like, oh, really not metal. Uh, that's like the first cassette tape I ever had. Oh, and I remember right. I, it was that, and it was that band Nucleus that had jam on it. Okay. And it was just because like whenever, and that wasn't metal at all. It was just rap. And so I just thought it was cool. Cause you know, when you go where all your friends hang out. So I ended up going to like a skating rink all the time. And like, they would play jam only jam. Only. And we'd all be, <laughs> you know, and I, as a kid, you're like, that's so cool. So those are my first two albums. <laughs> my first real metal album. It probably, I want to say it's probably, it would be a toss up like anthrax i'm the man or it would be uh it would be one of metallica albums like master of puppets or or uh you know ride the lightning it was one of those and i remember those like being a big influence on me yeah again better than me i uh my first metal record was metallica's load oh no (laughs) (laughs) oh no (laughs) oh no i mean at 10 i thought it was great i was like oh man this band is amazing Yeah, this was rad. Yeah, it's funny because I remember like I felt like after I I stayed up all night and watching Headbangers Ball to see Metallica's first video for one. And you didn't really as a kid, you're like, just play the video. It was getting so late. <laughs> of course, you, you don't realize how marketing and, and like, yeah, you know, building an audience works. So they, of course, saved that whole thing until the very last video of the night. I was just so tired. And it was like the super long extended cut of one. Oh, sure. And uh, I just remember like after that was off, like when it turned off, I was like, that was awesome. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was so pumped about that. Yeah. But that was my last favorite Metallica album. 
yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. I, I also remember, man, the, here's the thing. Like, the two Metallica albums that I bought with my own money that I saved up for were Load and St. Anger. Like, I had bad, like, I was just, Ooh. yeah, right? Bad like, Metallica uh, dar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I got a bunch of other, al- like, all the good ones for, like, Christmas and stuff. But, like, when it, when it came time for me to choose, I could not be trusted. <laughs> that's that's amazing. Yeah, it's it's. It's funny, like how, how different those things are, and like you know, going into those phases. I remember, like in Slayer, for me, I didn't really start listening to them until like I was first in high school. You know, my, one of my surfer buddies, he would always sit there in class and Homer, and he'd be like singing the song. He'd do this guitar riff with his tongue. He'd be like, he's like, it's Slayer, dude. He's like, I'll give you a tape, and that was my introduction to Slayer, and I was sold ever since. But it's just funny how you find music. And yeah. how things like your taste change. And I became like this punk rock kid for a while, kind of went away from metal and now I'm totally back for many years now. <laughs> yeah, metal. It's it's funny how you can like how most of my friends are growing into like country music. Like I've found most of my punk friends are growing into heavy metal. Like somehow that's the chiller hangout crowd. <laughs> yeah, it's weird because it's it seems like you can go like from metal that I'm into like kind of punk rock, which is a little bit more like happy. You know, like certain things like that. In the 90s, early 90s for me, that was more of like what was coming back. It was like a revival of punk, this weird revival of punk. So I got super into it. I even played in the punk band for a while and toured and did all that stuff. And then when I moved back to L.A. and started doing films and getting into film work. I totally got back into metal because all these metal bands were I, they were available to me because I didn't mm-hmm. grow up in Los Angeles. I grew up in Pensacola, Florida. And we only got touring punk bands and we hardly got metal bands. So I kind of shifted that way because live music was more punk came to LA and then all of a sudden my world opened up and all these like bands like overkill. I remember being like, I remember that video with the skull that has the wings and the overkill album. It was so cool. The hello from the gutter album. And I thought that they were gone and they were playing one night. And I was like, I'm going to go see this. It'll probably be funny. And they blew me away. It was insane. That's amazing. I'm just going off on. <laughs> no, that's, yeah, that's fine. Like we, like now I think the only concerts we go to together are metal shows and they're usually like festivals. I don't know anything yeah. about music though, so <laughs> I come for the beer well, tent. <laughs> but what, what about what about music for you, Kimberly? Like, what 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 are you like? I'm all over the place. I just like you know the ex- I like the experience of music. So I love discovering music live. So I like to go to shows without knowing much about the band and then hearing it first live. Right, it's a great that's one. always fun. Yeah, it's not that bad. I'm big into metalcore right now, so like August Burns Red and like all these Australian bands like Polaris and this band called Deadlights that I'm, you know, they're, they're so awesome. So if you, if you want to hear some new stuff, write that look down. into some Australian <laughs> metal for it. It will fry your brain. Deadlights. Okay. Any connection to Pennywise the Clown? Isn't that what they called it? I would assume that that kind of comes from that. It's funny because I was, I was just working uh, with James Wan uh, doing some Aquaman stuff here. Oh, and cool. uh, some of the guys over there from Warner Brothers in D.C., I walked up and they were also involved with, with the It movies. And I remember one of them walking up and they said, oh, nice shirt. Even though they didn't realize it was not for the movie, it was a band, but oh. they kind of related. It was kind of fun. I saw. Yeah. I also saw on IMDb that you were a camera operator on Malignant. How how hard was it to keep secrets from that movie? <laughs> yeah, it's funny because, you know, you, obviously we all signed, you know, contracts to not say anything. So. I just remember walking away from that one and just going, we just did something so awesome. And I don't know if everyone's going to love this, <laughs> but I really like what we did because it was different. You know, I'm always like hoping I'm going to see something different because honestly, I get tired of just the same slasher film. I, I enjoy it. Don't get me wrong, but 
I, I like to see things that are that take a chance. And when you see something that takes a chance at this level, which is very rare, mm-hmm. uh, I thought we were making something very special with that. And I loved everything that we did on, on the movie. And it's just like working with James is always so cool because he's just a pleasure to work with. He has a lot of high energy, really great. Like he just everybody's in a, in a pretty happy when you're around him because the energy is just so good there. You know, and I kind of take that. You know, the things that I've learned from directors I've worked with as a director myself, and I kind of take the good and I try to instill that with the productions that I do, because it's really important to me that everybody's having a good time. And I've seen the way that actually affects everybody, because you don't want to poison the well with bad attitudes or freaking out and things like that. You want to make sure that everybody's having a good time. And you see that so much in Studio 666 because it's just such a fun time. And that was the thing. We wanted to make sure everybody was having fun. And honestly, like, and I've said it before, we had so many, you know, cast and crew alone that would come to me at the end of the day and say, I just got to tell you, man, I'm having such a good time on this. I wish this movie would never end because oh, we're great. laughing all day. And we're having fun. And as a director and also as a crew member, for me, it's very important that that I'm having a crew around me and my friends. I mean, it's that that's a scary thing when you're going from the being the camera <laughs> guy, now the director, but you've worked with a lot of your friends as the other person. You don't want them going, oh, man, I worked with BJ as a director. And that guy was so good. You know what I mean? And that you don't want to walk away from that. And that's like, you know, so I I got to make sure everybody's trying to at least have a good time. And there's moments where things get stressful. But, you know, in the end, it has to be fun. And it really, I think it does show with Studio 666 of how much fun we actually have with the movie. And that was the whole thing. We were making a fun movie. Yeah, it, I'm sure it also probably helped that you're you're dealing with a cast that is already like best friends. They've been working together for 30 years. What was what what was it like trying? What was it like bossing around a rock band that <laughs> hasn't had to fucking take like tips or or uh, advice from anybody for the last 30 years? <laughs> well, luckily, you know, for me during pre-pro, I got to kind of warm up to each each of them you know like as we were going and we were figuring things out i got to speak to all the guys so they were actually more familiar with me and then you know knowing the kind of stuff that i've done in the past in my body of work i think we all have a a mutual respect for each other um and so that was fun and i also let the guys kind of do their own thing you know like when it came down to shooting scenes i didn't want them to feel as though they had to say like in the script everything word for word for word i wanted to make sure that whatever was on on the paper you know, whatever the topic was or the subject was or where we had to get from point A to point B, that it came out of them. And it was the true words that they would use to actually talk to each other. So I, I told them, I said, look, you know, it's OK if you guys improv. Don't go off, you know, subject. We don't want to we don't want to derail the train and have to figure out and do rewrites. I said, but, you know, if you're going to say if, if, if Taylor's going to say something to Pat, well, let's hear how you would actually say it to Pat. Let's see what it really is all about. And that's where I think that the movie comes off showing every member of the band it shows a true kind of like who they really are and their personality. And I wanted to really capture that in this movie. And I think we did, you know, so now everybody gets a sense of band member and I'm, I think that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It definitely feels like they're all playing a version of themselves and it's, it is like such a hangout vibe, which is so fun. And I just love Pat, yeah. like his little <laughs> nightcap when he's sleeping in the kitchen, like so perfect. <laughs> Oh, we, yeah, it, me and Sarah, the, the wardrobe key, we, we talked about things and, and she wanted to, she wanted Pat to wear just some of the oddest and strange outfits. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I think that kind of suits him. I think we need to go that route and give that, give Pat that, 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 that wardrobe. Uh, and it's adorable. Yeah. Yeah. Like surprise MVP in the movie. Like I would not have expected Pat Spear to come out on top. <laughs> yeah. Right. And like, it's kind of awesome, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's pretty fun, yeah. We, we, we like, it was fun to have to, to be able to like, 
in talks like to play with things and like really try to like you know give each person their own individuality so how did you like just rolling back a little bit uh how did you get involved in the project initially like when did this the idea of this first get floated over to you so so dave uh dave works with uh jim rhoda and john ramsey who were producers on sonic highways and sound city and, and a lot of his music videos and anything that he does like audio visual kind of stuff like the visual side of things they kind of produce all that okay and I was working with Jim and John on pitch ideas for other feature films and other scripts. Uh, Dave came to them saying, hey, look, I got this idea for a horror film and I need a horror director, you know, and so who do you suggest? Well, they were like, well, you should talk to our friend BJ, you know, you check out the Slayer videos and he did and you're like, those are awesome. And then they're like, well, give him the pitch. So they emailed me his pitch and I sat down and I read it. And I said, okay, you know what, this is cool, but I'm going to start adding some things. I'm going to make a lookbook and see if Dave actually likes these ideas. So I made a whole lookbook you know, basically like going from his story and adding elements to it, like the shadow people you see and things like that. Right on. Um, and so then we had an interview and I got to show up and then I just basically like, here, check out this lookbook, gave it to the producers, gave it to Dave, and we kind of went through it and I explained what I would like to do if, if he chose me to direct the film. Um, we talked about horror directors and horror movies. We talked about the vibe, we talked about making this a band film too, like keeping yeah. it old school. In, in, you know, bringing the horror elements and also making sure that we made this also an old school throwback to a band film. And once that happened, you know, and the fact that we also kind of knew other people like the effects guy who was going to do it is a good friend of mine too, Tony Gardner, who, who, uh, who did all the Slayer, oh, right on. all the Slayer, my videos, it's all super graphic. And so it all became kind of like this nice family where everyone could feel comfortable talking to each other because we, you know, it was, it became a thing where it was like, I don't know this person, so I don't know. So, you know, we all kind of came together and brought in people that were familiar and people that I trusted, people Dave trusted, uh, the producers brought in people they trusted and it was just a nice family. And that's kind of how it all started and how it all came together. I definitely, yep. I get, I get that impression watching it that everybody knew each other uh, on, on set and, mm-hmm. and obviously the crew as well. Like it just... It just seems to it. It just looks like a group of friends got together and like, oh shit, they they made a great horror movie. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's it really. Because for me, like my background, I've met so many different crew people, and I always go, you know, if I get the chance to like do this movie or that movie, I'm going to bring in this effects artist, or I'm going to bring in this key grip, or or these gaffers, or or the director of photography that I work with. You know, like I know crew, and I know how to get things done just because of my two decades of being a camera operator. I know what it takes to make movies. I know how long it takes to make movies. And, you know, that's the whole thing. You need to surround yourself with the people you trust. I think people that try to take things and be like, oh, this is all mine. I'm doing everything, blah, blah. You know, okay, fine. You could do that. I'm more a collaboration with people. I'd I'd rather surround myself with pros and know that I can walk away from this effect knowing that it's going to be awesome or walking away from the lighting, you know, to go talk to my actors and know that that's being taken care of because I trust them. And I think that's a huge thing, you know, if, with people you trust, people you know. I'm like a collector crab, just putting people <laughs> together. You know what I mean? I'm taking them with me. <laughs> that's smart, though, because some people are a lot of talk and not a lot of doing. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, when you've been doing it for so long, you see what works and what doesn't work, you know? And that's where I think a lot of the strong points that I have is knowing if you're doing a movie that's a smaller movie and you don't have a lot of time to do it, you just got to plan it knowing, okay, this thing will work if we do this thing over here. And, I have my shot list and I'm going to go through it with everybody. And, you know, this piece of gear definitely would be, would hose us as long as this piece of gear works. It's just what it's the knowledge of, of a set and, and having set etiquette and letting people do their jobs that you trust. I think all of it helps you out along the way. 
Yeah. Were there any horror movies that you got the guys to watch or that you had them thinking in mind while you guys were filming? Was there anything inspiration-wise that inspired Studio 666? Not really. I kind of wanted the guys to come in and do it. I didn't really want to like give them any kind of like, I didn't want to give them homework. You know what I mean? <laughs> they were already they were already working on Medicine at Midnight, doing that album when I was oh, first yeah. there meeting. So they were still recording when I was doing pre-pro in that in the house. And literally, they took all the recording stuff out, and we, in about a week or two, we had, we brought all the stuff in and did set dressing on the on the set and, and the house. So it is the actual house we, that they recorded their last oh, cool. album. Wow! <laughs> yeah, and the cool thing about that is I got to walk around and, and look at the like the different parts of the house and look at the script and go, okay, well, this says we're going to do this here, but how about we do this over here? And that's that's ex- you know, it's hard to do a movie when you're in one location and keep it interesting. You know, that's it. Honestly, is if you can keep like visuals fresh, like you go from like, oh, the coffee shop to the big skyscraper, now you're out in the woods. Okay, everything keeps changing. But when you're in a one location, it's honestly a very hard thing to keep visually engaging in, especially when you're in a room where everyone has to stand at their instruments. Oh yeah, you know? that's true. And that's hard. You know, you got to keep trying to come up with creative ways to show it or do stuff. And you know, even changing the lighting a little bit has to, you know, you have, it's just, it's, it was a thing we had to tackle. It was crazy. Yeah, and so the just like talking about different locations in the house, the basement. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, is your production designer a huge Evil Dead fan, or is that all you? Because that's Evil Dead fan gold. Like the the basement sequence is incredible, is what I'm yeah. getting at. Michael Barton, who did the set design, is I've known him for a long time. He's a good buddy, and you know, and and we brought him in to do it. And we were trying to make sure that, and I don't even know if he's a big Evil Dead fan. I mean, the guy's actually, you know, he's really great and. We talked about the whole thing of the property being enveloped by these old vines, which also kind of goes into like also our main character, our main bad guy. You kind of feel it through him too. Um, Evil Dead, I think, is a lot with me and Tony Gardner. You know, like, like that's that's our vibe. Yeah. But we also like when you get down in that basement, you want to go from a world up here and into a whole other world down there. You know, and it and that's and that's where you do a, a shift of of how the scenes look. You know, and that's why we wanted to make that basement so different. You know, and so cool looking yeah the lighting and especially like the trick with the lighting i think is so cool when when the basement starts to get a little dark and spooky oh yeah now we had to go full bore there especially with bleeding bulbs and stuff (laughs) yeah and And we didn't want to go gi on that either it's like you know we really had these bulbs we built it so we had blood going into the bulbs and we had to make it a casing around the light (laughs) if you didn't do that the blood as soon as it would touch that that ember whatever in the in the bulb the whole thing would just cut out you know so we had to like make these special bulbs that we could fill with blood but it wouldn't touch the 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 you know the where that's lit and and blow the light bulb up it was kind of a thing you know we had we only had a few of those <laughs> you should funny. patent that blood bulbs <laughs> all right <laughs> yeah, it's, it's almost crazy that like more more people that are making indie, indie movies aren't inventing products that you can buy on amazon because like there's so much ingenuity that has to go into stuff like that I know it's insane. Yeah, that was a whole thing, a big discussion about how we're gonna make these bulbs fill with blood. <laughs> not it the, worked. Not the thing you normally are pl- expect to talk about when you're when you're planning out the movie, right? It's usually like the big splashy practical effect kill, not just a light bulb. I know it's amazing how you have to whittle down every little thing to figure out how certain things are gonna work and like what it takes to actually make those things work. I mean, it was a whole whole thing that the that the effects guys had to build it wasn't the makeup effects it was actually like our our effects team like that does the sparks and wow. and the smoke and all that stuff they're the ones that had to build that thing because it, it wasn't like tony gardner and, and the makeup effects guys it was something they had to build so it's a, there's a lot of discussions about the little weird things you got to do 
but you know, now that you've mentioned makeup effects, guys, like uh, I don't know if I have a question other than to say that, like, congratulations, you have made some of the best kills of the year, and it's only February. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope they, I hope they stay that way. There's a lot of good movies that are coming out, so who knows? You know, I, and I'm rooting them all on. I can't wait to see what's in store for this whole year. You know, I love it all. So, you know, I hope everybody enjoys that, and I hope I see other kills that show up. Our kills, you know, I think it's the best. It's just keep them coming, you know. It's 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 you know the makeup effects and and those kind of things I think are so important, you know. And my wife is actually a makeup effects artist too. She oh, cool. works with Tony. It's fun because when we're thinking of things, I can I can kind of go over to her and be like, "Is this going to work? What do you think about that? Or this or that?" You know, because she knows more of the in and outs of like how this effect is going to work, you know. And then I'll then I'll talk to Tony or those guys, and we'll we all collaborate. And I'm assuming Gore was high on the priority list with the film. That was a must. You know, that was a, a, a me and Dave, it must be this way. It has to, you know, because I think that we didn't want to make a film that everybody was expecting. You know what I mean? Like we want, you know, me and Dave wanted to come out of the gates going, no one's going to realize what we're doing here. Like, this is like when they start seeing what's happening, it's going to be like, you see the Foo Fighters, you're going to think it's a certain tone. And that's another reason why I opened the movie so crazy. I wanted that to be the roll, the, the bar that comes down your lap as a roller coaster that oh, you yeah. can't get out of. You know what I mean? And then as it takes off, you're, you're oh, it's silly. You know, you start to start hearing all the, the comedy after that. And then you start going up and down. You know, I, that's how I wanted the tone to be. I wanted, I wanted people to know what they're getting into. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., I think you know talking about the like the long legacy of of band movies too that definitely helps deliver a bit of a surprise with this one as well because uh you know as yeah. as much as I like those movies they're not all great you know <laughs> like all like right. the old band movies they can be real cheesy <laughs> Cheesy's fine. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah no like okay maybe cheesy's the wrong word cheesy's my brand but you know uh they just they don't they're not very engaging and they're not as entertaining and as fun as something like Studio 666 yeah, thanks. And, and I'm, I'm so happy the way it came out with that, because it, you are right. You know, it's it's 100 percent that way. And I remember growing up watching those movies and it was like it was so fun. And, you know, that's another thing we wanted. to We wanted to hold that with this movie. We wanted the fun. We wanted that band movie feel, but we also wanted it to go serious at times. And we also wanted to make it look tonally. We, the whole look of the film, I, my whole thing is I want this to be super cinematically serious. No comedy, no, no bright lit comedy stuff. I want this to be like a real movie and that's why you know and as a camera guy we you know we know how to do that stuff um so i'm really proud of that i'm 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 glad we got to do the mix of, of how how this whole movie came out because i think i think dave thought when his first idea came up was just going to be me him the guys and it's like two camera operators and a boom guy running around the house but oh. we, 
we went bigger than that. We just, and he's like, oh, we're making a real movie here. I didn't know we were going to make this. Like, oh, if you're coming to me to make a movie, we're going to make a movie. We're not going to make schlock. I mean, he's a champ. He goes all out in this. Dave, Dave goes all out all the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank how, God for that. How hard was it to get, to get him to go from like rock star Dave Grohl to like evil Dave Grohl? Dave knows how to switch it, man. Like, and that's the thing, you know, we, we would always go like in the scene, we, we talk about what had happened before, you know, we'd always go over like, as you should like to get him in the mode, like, all right, you were just here a little while ago. You know what I mean? And this is what happened here, but now you're starting to get to this path right here. And so we, we talk that stuff over and honestly, the guy's a natural and he would just, he would turn it on, you know, and at times, you know, as you do, you go, all right, bring it down a little bit or just keep going, go higher, go higher, go higher, you know, go lower. It was just those kind of deals like that. We'd, we'd always go over the scene, but he's, you know, the thing is we were so lucky with how the guys could turn it on and how fast they could do it. And, and it was just such a, it was, it was hilarious to watch them do it. That's great. I, is, is Dave the, like the big horror fan of the band or are they all like really into to horror movies? I know Dave actually has reached out to me about movies and he's he, like, like when, when he'd go, he'd watch a movie and then he'd text me and be like, did you watch this? And he'd be like, I don't know about that. Or like, <laughs> that was, awesome. I won't mention any movies cause I don't yeah. want to offend anybody if he was not digging it or not. But it was funny cause he does, he does watch the horror films. The other guys, I have no idea if they really do. You know, like <laughs> I never, I never really talked to them about like, Hey, what's your favorite horror film? I just really, I wanted them to just be them and not like, Try to get them on a path again like oh i really like nightmare on elm street and then they start watching night which i love but and the watch them's like going on that kind of a path i just let them come in on the day and we go for it and see what they would do more about them yeah it's just a good idea that the stars i guess <laughs> yeah right yeah, yeah you gotta you gotta let them them so <laughs> it's, it's it's also funny to hear you talk about approaching this like super serious and like where we oh is this not gonna be goofy because you're like all of your supporting cast is comedians how did that come about <laughs> Well, and then and, and going back to the thing of letting the guys be themselves and letting them improv on on that, we you know in early in productions, like you know it would be nice if because we knew that the guys were going to do that, you know straight up let, letting them kind of riff off each other. So it's nice for us to actually get actors and comedians who could improv, who could actually once the guys start doing that stuff, they would take that and go off because sometimes actors, you know, there's certain actors that will just straight up what's on the page. But if you can get people that go, oh, I just heard him say that, and then they start going off on things, and it just becomes this whole thing. It's more fun. So it was great for us to get, you know, improv actors and comedians to, to jump in there and do it. I'm sure you have, like, so much good cutting room floor, floor stuff for the Blu-ray. I, you know, there is a blooper reel. I don't know where that's going to be. <laughs> the Blu-ray, but it's really good. It's really funny. There's so much stuff. I mean, it's endless. It could it could be a, probably a whole other movie in itself, just watching a blooper reel and see what they do. Because <laughs> it's insane. Well, the, one of the one of the big surprises for me in terms of like cameos and whatnot was Carrie King, uh, and like, the whole time I was like, oh, yeah. "How the fuck did they get Carrie King?" But it sounds like you know you've directed a bunch of Slayer music videos. So. <laughs> and that's another thing. Remember, I said like you you bring the people in that you trust. Yeah. When we were going through this, it's like okay, you know who we, who do we want to who do we want to bring in? I was like, well, you know, because Slayer is done. You know, they they're they they're finished. R.I.P. And I was like, look. You know, it'd be it's a bummer. Yeah, uh, I was like, you know, it'd be really funny is if Kerry King came in and played the roadie. You know, like just being their roadie, and that's why it's so fun to like let him be in there and play like who he like. You know, watch his attitude and like what he does. It's really, it's really great to watch that. And I, he had so much fun when he came onto the set. You know, it's just fun too. Like when you can kind of, I sound like you know, you got to pay it forward. You know, but like <laughs> they gave me the opportunity to to do 
their videos, you know, and, and, and for me, it's nice to say, you know, it was so cool if you guys trust me with the writing and the directing of those videos. Here's how I want to pay it back. I have this thing, you know, I want you to come and do it. And then, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where you just, again, surround yourself with the people you like. Damn. I would have loved all the player guys in the movie. It would have been a blast, but <laughs> fortunately we had one. <laughs> and, and as a horror fan, I'm sure getting John Carpenter involved was oh, really forget. cool. That for me is, was, was a, that was like the little kid in me <laughs> moment where I was just blown away that we got him to do what he did to actually write the theme song, you know, the, the, the main theme of the movie. Yeah. And then for him to come on board was just kind of like, wow, you know, it was one of those, it was one of those weird, crazy moments at the end of the day where I actually, I had to go like kind of go off on myself and kind of take a deep breath and exhale and go, did that just really happen? Wow. Did, 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 like, like as the kid in me, I never would have thought, hey, you're going to get to meet John Carpenter. Oh, and he's going to also write a theme song, the theme of your movie, you know, and then then he's actually there. And then you're also going to direct John Carpenter. You know, how do you do that? That's a bucket list yeah, item. Like, that does not happen for many people. <laughs> and that's and, and it is. And again, that's why I walked away and took a deep breath and was just like, I can't that happen. You know, that's crazy. Because when I was in kindergarten, I'd. I love Escape from New York, and that's pretty bad to say kindergarten Escape from New York. <laughs> <laughs> no, you definitely so, sound like you had the coolest parents, man. That's great. I, I had great parents. I had great grandparents, you know, and that was the thing. They were the ones that encouraged me. My grandfather was an old actor, and that's why I oh, cool. really got this business, you know, and like kind of like he was he he's the one that like inspired me. And when he passed away, my grandmother's the one that kept me going with it. Because oh, wow. if it was up to my mom and dad, I would have been a fireman or a doctor. <laughs> like you can if watch you whatever movies you want, <laughs> but we want a uniform. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wouldn't, I, you know, if I walked into operate, it's like, uh. <laughs> well, yeah, even just with the long hair, just like, ah, I don't know if I trust this guy. <laughs> Look at that hair in the wound. That's not cool. <laughs> I saw a video recently of some, well, it's that's not even true. I saw a headline. It could be completely fake, but it's like, woman sues doc, dancing doctor <laughs> for trying to make a TikTok video while performing her surgery. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sadly, that's the times we're in, I think. Yeah. You know, people like trying to get attention and doing these things. And it's just, it, I could go on and on about the healthcare system. Like, it's funny because you don't, you think that you have these doctors that are going to be like there to really help you out but really and truly everybody's human and i can't imagine i mean i can't imagine but i can also imagine someone being like get my phone out check this out <laughs> and, like, uh, and how bad would that be to wake up and see that on tiktok like your, oh. your wound opened up and uh. someone like posing over you doing like a video it's so weird <laughs> weird that's you're, a horror film you're in the recovery it is room. a horror film you're not <laughs> yeah. i could i could just imagine the person though being really upset about it but then also like after a quick beat like well, how many views did it get? <laughs> Can you tag me in that? Yeah. Did I get a lot of views on that? Hashtag recovery, hashtag bleed out, yeah. hashtag as long, as long as it went viral, I won't sue. Like, <laughs> right. How popular am I now? <laughs> so, like, first off, I want to thank you for making a really entertaining horror movie because movies, horror movies now, I don't know if you agree, are just, like, way too serious. And not yeah. that that's bad, but there's a lot of serious stuff. Yeah, and I and I think that now times with what we've had seriously going on in our world, I think that it's fun for people to be able to step away and almost go back to an old school Friday the 13th fun movie where you're doing fun inventive kills that are hilarious and, and you're not taking it so serious. Look, I'm not dissing those movies. I love the very serious like horror films. I enjoy them a lot. But I mm -hmm. think that like 
for us, it's nice because now people can actually laugh at it, you know, and, and like have a good time and get that old, that old vibe back. Any of those Jason kills, you know, from the Friday the 13th movies, you know, because they were very inventive and they're so fun to watch, but they're funny, you know, but like movies like the strangers, like freak me out because like, I'm like, doorbell rings at night and i'm gonna go there and if i had three masked people and they jump in the house and chase me around that's i mean dude that could really that could really happen and that's scary you know i it's fun to create a world in a happy horror film i say happy and horror films so yeah. <laughs> it's fun to actually be able to make a movie like that where it's just so much fun and enjoyable like to go see something and let loose and enjoy it because our the times of our lives right now as we all have been through it mm-hmm. not just one part of the world it's 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 been a tough go and i think everyone wants to wants to have a release and 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 laugh yeah and i think like just like mixing rock and roll and the you know either the devil or just you know evil presences is is real like classic horror and it's it's great to see it back <laughs> again you know it doesn't it's right. it's been a long time it's like almost since the gate and trick or treat really i'm telling you man i would i wish i wish that's it's funny because people go what if you had to remake a movie what would you do i would definitely remake the gate i mean that movie would be so awesome and obviously trick-or-treat is so cool i mean if you're shooting lightning out of your guitar and people's heads are blowing up i'm sold yeah i'm in why don't we have more of this i don't get it (laughs) we need more of that it's really fun you know but i think people they get so into like they get so into like these movies now and, and you know it's weird to watch the the generation that i grew up with still really enjoying like the practical effects and, and how these things work. And then you have a younger generation, not saying all of them, but like a lot of people just want the CGI, the fast pace Avengers type movies, which I love those too. But, you know, it's fun to, it's fun to go back to the old school. Yeah. I mean, hey, like horror movies in general are kind of like a well-balanced diet. Like you can't eat potato chips all day, but like, you know, it's been a long time since I've had a big bowl of potato chips and it's nice to occasionally get one. <laughs> Yeah, right? Yeah, you got to have variety, man. You got to get the snack pack. What is that big pack of Fritos and Doritos? And you, yeah, you just <laughs> Oh, God, I don't know if we have those in Canada. I want that. <laughs> oh, you don't? Oh, my God. We have this. We have like these boxes that you get like all the different like potato chips. Like you could just eat all different versions of it. It's the dumbest thing. I think we you get that it. like exclusively around Halloween. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's about it. Oh, and then it's like our monster cereals. <laughs> we don't get milk. those either. Nope. Really? Yeah. yeah. We have to drive no to the we, no, and we have to drive. No to yummy the, mummy. <laughs> no, no. We, we I, don't I don't even know if I've yummy. heard of mummy. Yeah. <laughs> no booberry. Really? Booberry no. yummy mummy. No, we have to go to like specialty oh, stores and then pay like twelve dollars a box for them. Yeah, when we cu- when we drive home from the states, like we smuggle all the Cap'n Crunch with berries we can because we only had Cap'n Crunch without berries here. It was absurd. Oh no, <laughs> you can you know you can get all berries. Yeah, oops, all berries. Uh, I think oops. is what it's called. <laughs> yeah. yeah, oops, all berries. It's funny because like we all call that we 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 call them Captain Blades because yeah. your your mouth is so, so destroyed sharp. at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. Captain Crunch, so, so it's not Captain Crunch anymore, it's Captain Blades. <laughs> you know, it's the it's the fastest way to get the sugar right into your bloodstream, right? <laughs> Don't wait. It does, it goes right in there. Yeah, right into the blood. So yeah, they they knew what they were doing. You know, that's that's how you keep going. So yeah, it's it's you're, you guys will have to, and I don't know if you've had it, but like you guys got to have the monster cereals at some point. You got to order them from somewhere. This year they had they had uh, they had Monster Mash, yeah, and it was all combined. And I got one box of it. It was probably the worst thing I ever did, but it was fantastic. <laughs> it was the, the, like worse yeah. because it's like terrible for you, or just because you should have bought a thirty sure. boxes. <laughs> it was the most delicious cereal on earth. And- <laughs> 
so awful for me. Like the sugar and the, it was just terrible. And I just, I was so happy eating it every morning. I had a bowl. I was like, yeah. So, you know, and I couldn't find it anywhere. A buddy of mine actually got it for me. And I was on, I was working on a movie and, and, and he goes, Hey, go, go up on the camera truck and make sure you uh, go get yourself a cappuccino. Cause we have machines on the truck. I was like, right okay. On. I roll up and I open up the door and there's this box of, of monster mash. And I was like, yes, I was so excited about it. So I favored one box. <laughs> I love I love that 30 years ago, that little like coded message would have been that there's drugs waiting for you in the van. And now it's like sugary cereal. <laughs> I know, right? It's like, oh, there's there's cocaine in the in the in the, in the room. You know, like, Whoa. Yeah, no, it was it was monster match cereal. For right on. That's my. That's my drug. <laughs> we we've, uh, we occasionally do uh, like live streams with um, with you know fans of the podcast, and we started doing. I think this is an excuse for us to eat cereal. We started doing these like Saturday morning live streams where we just watch like Halloween cartoon specials and eat cereal, and it's been a delight. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, that, that's a, that sounds fantastic. Did you guys watch Dingbat and the Creeps? I don't even know what that is. What's Dingbat and the Creeps? I'm gonna write this down too. You should check that out. I think it's called Dingbat in the Crease, but it was like it, it was a horror cartoon. There's like this pumpkin that has tennis shoes and a hat. There's like a, this dog that has vampire teeth. Um, of course. I don't know how long it lasted. <laughs> it was kind of like one of the cartoons I thought was so cool. Oh, I'm definitely checking that out. You'll, you'll sure. have to do one of those. Yeah. Binge watch one of those. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll credit you to it if we if we end up finding it somewhere. Yeah. Oh, no. I don't know if you can. No, oh, eh, the internet's the internet has YouTube? ways, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> if, it's, if it's on YouTube, we're good. Outside of that, I, I think yeah. we're, we're euchred. Um, yeah, I, probably. I completely forgot to ask. This has been driving me nuts since I watched the movie. Uh, did the Foo Fighters record the song that they're trying to record in the movie? Yes. Wow. Um, but we had to. So because the movie is is based around a song that 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 Dave's trying to get the guys to finish and complete, we had to actually have the song before that. So Dave basically made the song. You know, like okay. he sat at his. Dave sat at his house and made the song like he recorded everything and played all the instruments and 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 we made it so it was like it would go off in all these weird different directions because Dave was losing his mind kind of a thing in in, in what's happening with him yeah and so that you see the song go from like punk rock to like death metal to like black metal to stoner rock to acoustic and then back to stoner rock and it goes all over the place and yeah I mean we it was like a 12 minute long song and it was insane so we it was cool because we we had so many different variations that in each scene when things would progress, we could take certain chunks of the songs that were different and make it play out and 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 actually incorporate with what was going on during that scene. So yeah, we already had a pre-done song and it was all broken down and, and ready to go. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's they wrote it or he wrote it. And uh, I believe there's a Dream Widow album coming out soon too. Damn, that's really mm-hmm. fucking cool. <laughs> They should like just, based, just based on this movie though. They really should just switch gears and put out a full like doom metal album. It sounds amazing. Yeah, right. Like you know, like a lot of people are wondering when we're going to hear some more Probot, and maybe this is the answer. I don't know. Right Could on. It's something for people. To I don't. Know, I don't know. Yeah. yeah I do. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we uh, cool. we like to close out interviews by asking people to program a double feature at the drive-in. Uh, if you could play any two movies at the drive-in either just selfish picks that you know this is the double feature you've always wanted to see or two movies you think would pair really well with studio 666 what what would you play if you were curating a night at the drive-in oh man this is a tough one because there's so many movies that i would want to do i mean you could go so many ways (laughs) yeah you really could you know for me like i would love to do raiders of lost ark just followed by last crusade honestly like 
I feel like those two movies back to back are actually like the longest but coolest action adventure film ever, you know, or even like if you did like an alien aliens, you know, and just yeah. leave those as your feature. Those are the, and, th- and those are the things that I really like, like those kind of movies. Like I love those kind of movies. That's, that's what I would like to go, you know, do next in, in the next directive thing is kind of go more in that, in that general field of like doing those kind of things. So like action adventure movies, I'm a huge fan of. I grew up on Raiders. And, and Alien and Aliens. Aliens, you can't beat that movie. It's yeah. so good. It's the genius of James Cameron. I mean, how do you even go make another movie after Aliens when you have all the Marines going in there and just going, you know, it's so well made. I love that movie. It's so good. So would you do spooky, so maybe, spooky action adventure or would you go like straight Indiana Jones? For me, like what I would want to do next, I, I've, I've been saying I would love to do a John Wick horror mashup. Like, oh, for me, wow. I think, that would be cool. <laughs> So it's Abbott and Costello would... meets like the the John monsters, Wick. but it's John Wick <laughs> instead of Abbott and Costello. <laughs> yeah, I mean, full on. Like that would be so fun to do something like that. I mean, I just I think action and horror, if you can match those things together, um, it's so cool. I, I even like look at Cabin in the Woods. You know, it's not an action film, but like there's a lot of action in that. You know, and I really enjoy that movie. I thought it was such a cool mix up of what they did. Um, you know, and Aliens is an action horror film. It's yeah. a sci fi movie. But you come down to it, it's really a well-made action horror film. So I would love to do something like that. That's kind of like, that's my next what I would like to do. But who knows? I'm, I'm up for anything. I, like, I'm down to do whatever, you know, floats my boat in the script. As long as the script's cool and we're, you know, we're, we know we're going to do it right, that's, that's the direction. That's rad. Awesome. That, that sounds amazing. We're going to keep our eyes out for that for damn sure. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I wish you all the luck. I hope you I hope you get uh, an old actor to kick some ass. That seems to be like where you can really push boundaries now with uh, with an action movie, like in terms of like mashing genres. Just get an older actor that's like, oh, this guy can't fight. And then, oh, surprise, he can fight. Uh, monsters even. Yeah. Hell, the John, oh, yeah. John Wick, if you're going to make it a horror movie, could just be that like one of those hotels that they always go to is in Transylvania. Right? <laughs> exactly. Cool. You go to Transylvania. Well, that'd be always cool. I always love the vibes of those films. Like if you go with like, I love Bram Stoker's Dracula, the Coppola one. Yeah. That movie's so cool to watch. Like, I love that. It's not an action movie, but I mean, God, the visuals in that are the so, effects. so. Oh. Yeah, that's that's the thing I've really come around on. When I was younger, I didn't, my microphone's falling down. When I was younger, my, <laughs> <laughs> I caught it. When I was younger, I didn't really like that movie all that much. But uh, but yeah, finding out that they just, they only used tech from the, the 20s, I think, is insane. It's genius. It's such a cool movie. I mean, I remember seeing that in the theater and just be, and being totally blown away by it. You know, just what they did in camera is so awesome. You yeah, know, like I that train it. sequence is insane. It's so cool. And I mean, just like the whole, the castle, just the environment alone and just like, and the, and the effects. I love when, when he backs up into that closet and then you see the red eyes and then they shine the lights and it's all the rats that crumble down. It's like, what? You know, like, like the giant bat character backs up, just the red eyes, just such cool visuals like that. I think that movie's just amazing with that. It's so fun. Yeah. And there's not enough rat Draculas. There's like <laughs> Dracula's gotten so sexy. We've forgotten about fog Dracula and, and wolf Dracula and rat Dracula. <laughs> Gotta have rat Dracula. Yeah. You know, 100%. <laughs> Especially when he's a giant bat, then he turns into rats and escapes. <laughs> How cool. Yeah, I love it. Gary Oldman. I mean, hey, amazing. <laughs> Well, I mean, hey, there are some incredible, you know, sequences in your movie too. People are definitely gonna be walking out of the theater saying the same thing, like, "How the fuck did they do that?" So, I'm, I'm really excited to see everybody's reaction to this movie because it is a fucking crowd pleaser, man. Thank you so much for making it. 
Yeah, I, I'm stoked we did it, and thanks a lot for watching it and enjoying it. It makes me happy when people have actually had a good time watching it. That's really, in the end, that's all you want. Studio 666 hits theaters February 25th. We can't wait to hear what you thought of this goofy rock and roll horror comedy. So hit us up on Twitter at NOFS Podcast and in the Nightmare on Film Street Discord at NOFSpodcast.com slash Discord to tell us all about your favorite kills from the movie. If you are eager to hear our unfiltered thoughts on this movie, Studio 666, you're going to have to wait till release and Find us over in the NOFS Fiend Club at nofspodcast.com slash fiendclub. We're going to drop a bonus episode over there just around release time. And uh, it gets pretty spoilery, so be sure to listen to it once you watch the film. That is at our Fiend Club at nofspodcast.com slash fiendclub. Thank you so much to BJ McDonald for talking with us and sharing Studio 666. It's, it's a wild one. We're going to be talking about this one all year, I think. But until next time, I'm John. I'm Kim. Stay Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive. But we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion? Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.